When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Loud up. what do you got? All right, so I read an interesting story. Imagine being a twin, but not sharing a birthday with your twin. What? Yeah, so a pair of oh, twins. Oh, I saw this story on the news today. Yeah, so a pair of twins in Salinas, California, will have a kick with their story because the boy, the little boy, um, was born, Alfredo Antonio, at 11.45 p.m., December 31st, 2021. All right. But his sister was like, nah, bruh, I'm going to outstate you. And Aileen was born 15 minutes later, exactly at midnight, January 1st, 2022. Cool. That's crazy. All right. So like they're that. twins, but they're not born on the same month or the same year. That's crazy. And they were saying that having twins is roughly one in two hundred, like one in two hundred and fifty pregnancies have a twin, right? But then the odds of this happening, it's like I believe it was like one, in, two in a million chance yeah. of this happening. So yeah. having your twin be born on a different day um, or anything like that, but it's even more rare right. on a different month and yeah. a year. Yeah, month, year, like forget it. It's like millions to one. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Go play the lottery, that family. For like. real. They should. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because that never happens. Um, but I did see that story on the news, and I thought that was cute. I thought that was pretty It was cool. a cute little, like, kick, you know? It's like, imagine, I, I, I'm sure they knew they were having twins, but it was like, it's crazy. Like, my friend didn't know when she was pregnant that she was having twins. Yeah. And she was like, oh, there's another one. Yeah. But the, <laughs> uh, like, that's a cool, that's like a funny little, like, uh, parent uh, night out, like dinner and drink story. You know, our kids are born, our twins, but they were born in different years. And it's people look cool. at you, you like, what? You have two parties. Yeah. You can have two parties. You don't have to share the party. That's cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. that, they look at you like, well, that's the type of boring conversations you have, basically, when you uh, when you were a parent. So. Yeah, I was like, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Ramona can Ramona can attest. Yeah. To that. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there's no more fun, like super fun conversations anymore. It's we like rate. I mean, George, that text you posted about your kids poop. That was so on the money. Yeah. You and Kelly texting about my wife. You know, yeah. My yeah. wife texts me because my three year old is like afraid of pooping sometimes. Like he gets like bugged out, like he eventually does it. But it takes it becomes a whole you mean on the toilet or just in general Yeah, on the toilet. It's like okay. a, it's like drama. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So my wife texts me. And she said, hey, Mateo pooped, and it was, you know, like, it went well, no big deal. And I, was, I just wrote back, awesome. And then she posted on her well. Instagram. <laughs> right, these are the sexy conversations you have yeah. as parents. Yeah. I saw that, and I was cracking up. I was it's like, so oh true, though. God. It really is. It is true. <laughs> I mean, I'll Those just go the... back to my group text with my husband, and it's like, all this stuff is about, um, all this stuff is just about, you know, what kind of nap he had, yeah. how much did he eat, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's not, it's not cool. It's, it's not. There's nothing exciting. It's not sexy at all. Yeah. Yeah, not at all. Uh, all right, that is what you need to know brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Before I get to LeBron and sustainability and minutes and yada, yada and the playoffs, real quick, and we're going to get to some football, obviously, here in the next segment as well, and then we got big deal or no deal. And to the last segment, Ramona, I got a lot of college football I want to get in with you because I feel like Lincoln Riley, there's a lot on his shoulders, and it's not just USC football. I'll explain that in the last segment. But before we get into any of that, Lauren Lindsay, I just sent you some audio. So we were talking earlier in the show about, you know, John Ireland had mentioned, and we hope he feels better because he, he's got COVID, so he's not doing the games. And I mentioned, you know, he did John the show did his, today. He sounded good. He did. He did. Um, but, you know, John had mentioned how Mike Trudell is doing a great job filling in for him on radio. And he's right. Our boy Trudell is doing a great job filling in. Uh, he was doing the game with Michael the last couple nights. So the funny part is this I found out that Trudell also has to still do his sideline hits for Spectrum Sports. (laughs) And so I was listening to the game the other day, and I was like, all of a sudden the game comes back, and it's Michael. And it's just Michael, and it's just Michael doing play-by-play and doing it really poorly, but hilariously poorly. And I'm like, this is so funny. I could listen to this for a while because it's that hilarious. 
Um, so I text Mike, and he got back to me later, and he's like, yeah, no, I still got to do the hits, so there's going to be some times when Michael's got to carry the thing on his own. Um, so I want you guys to hear a snippet of this because oh, it so is good. absolutely drop-dead funny. So this is just Michael. So Mike Trudell is doing the game with, with Michael Thompson. Trudell has to run, leave the radio to do his TV hit, and Michael is left to his own devices, and you can only imagine what's going to come out of your speakers. Go ahead, Laura, play it. Back outside to somebody I've never seen before. He takes a shot. No good. Russell Westbrook rebounds. Coming back the other way. One on two. Russell Westbrook goes to the basket against this no-name guy who's a good player, but I don't Michael, know who he is. What is it's who is Cameron that? McGriff, okay? Well, I, I don't need McGriff. I heard about his McGriff well, the dog. If you're going to do play-by-play, you got to do the prep to know the role players that the guy's called up. Uh, there's Ben McLemore is going to get a shot blocked by. They called these guys up this morning from Alaska. Uh, the Alaska League. Funches, can you make sure? I don't know if Ireland's doing his radio show. Uh, next week, but can you make sure that he plays that clip? No, don't do that. Because I like with McGriff, Mason. whoever he is. I don't want to disrespect. No, I know him you man. like him. I, I, you, and you were really just kidding. You know yeah. who McGriff is. I, I um, do. Who he played? What, uh, well, what college did he go to? He's out of Oklahoma State. He's okay. undrafted in 2020. There you go. So yeah, I like. I'm, hey, I'm thrilled that he's hey, getting an any, opportunity. Anybody with an NBA jersey, and by the way, LeBron back. So Trudell is clearly walking back from his sideline hit and sits down, puts on the headset, and here's that. Here's a pass to a guy who I have no idea who he is. I think it's almost. I almost wish Trudell would have just let him go, let him go a little bit more. Let leave him to his own device. Yeah, but it is better. a funny thing to to put your headset on to play it one more time, Laura. Just a few seconds. Back outside to somebody I've never seen before. He takes a shot. No good. Russell Westbrook rebounds. Coming back the other way. One on two. Russell Westbrook goes to the basket against this no name guy who's a good player, but I don't know who he is. What is <laughs> I love that part, too. This More guy I've never seen before, and then he goes back to him with this no-name guy. Perfect. I want him to go more. Don't even jump in. Just let him go. Well, I if mean, you want. Michael commits. He, he, he was going for it. Tune in tomorrow during the Kings game. Make sure you tune in here on 710 oh, yeah. ESPN when Trudeau goes to do his hit. Go turn on the radio and listen to Michael or put it on your app and go listen to Michael uh, call that portion of the game for a few seconds by himself. I love it. I, oh. You know what? Listen, I do. I I love Michael Thompson. Like that's my guy. Okay. So I remember one time I had host with him, and you know I'm not like I can lead a show. I don't really enjoy that role. It's too much work yeah. for me, right? Like mm-hmm. I just like to sit here and let you do all the ins and outs and set up the topics and stuff, right? But I can do it if I have to. Okay. And Michael, gentleman that he is, like I was. I was scheduled to host with him. I was filling in. I think Mark Willard was the host, and I was scheduled to fill in for him. And uh, Michael shows up, and he beat me into the studio. He was like, of course, he's always there really early, right? And I got there like half hour early, which for me is a big deal. And I was like, okay, let's do this. I'm a lead, whatever. Michael had prepped like he was going to lead. Like no one told him. But he was like, okay, it's my show. I'm going to have to lead it. And he had like scripted out an entire opening to lead the show. Like he wrote it all down <laughs> so wow. he could lead. And like, he, I don't know if it was just sort of like, okay, I know you don't really like doing this. I'm going to step up. I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the man here. I'm going to step up and do this, you know? Uh, but it was, it was actually kind of good. You know, like when he does his uh, game of games, he writes yeah. them all out and they rhyme yes. and stuff. Yes. I mean, he gets into it. He does. He's a very I mean, creative. Uh, yeah. He's very creative, Michael Thompson. I love his yeah. poetry. I'm a big Me fan too. of the Michael Thompson poetry moment. Also, I have no idea, but he is the funniest tweeter ever with his misspelling, but like the way he spells things. I'm like, yeah, I totally know what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make any oh, sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. To you, I get like, it. I get it. Like, yeah. I understand how he yeah. comes up with these spellings. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get it, too. Uh, so, yeah, it, uh, good job, um, Michael. <laughs> Excellent attempt. Uh, so we are uh, – I, I can't wait to hear more tomorrow when they when they play the Kings. Uh, all right, so speaking of playing, LeBron, um, and we'll get into football in the next segment, so stick around because I want to ask you a, a specific question, Southern California, which we're going to need your phone calls for. Um, but, Ramona, he's been, like, really good for about, like – like LeBron, that is – for about – 16, 17 games, like the last month, he's been really damn good, okay? But mm-hmm. I would say even the last eight games, like just yep. extrapolate the last eight games, he's been like supernova LeBron, okay? The problem is the Lakers are still only three and five in that stretch. Mm. And I, 
I know he'll never say this out loud, LeBron. But somewhere in the nether regions of his mind, okay, there has to be a little voice, or perhaps a big voice, um, saying, I can't believe I have to play this hard at 37 years old. Like, what the hell is going on here? There's no way that somewhere in his nether regions of his mind, that's not happening. That's a conversation that's not happening in his head. You know what's funny, though? Like, Dan Wojcicki asked him that yesterday about... I think he had to switch on to Nas Reed at the end of the game. Remember? Because yeah. the Lakers played LeBron at the five. They didn't yeah. play Dwight. Dwight was like DMT. Okay. Yeah. And um, I think they thought, okay, they don't have Carl Towns. We can get away with this. We're going to yeah. just take our chance with Nas Reed. Okay. And who actually, by the way, Nas Reed had a career game yesterday. Yeah. Um, and the fourth quarter, LeBron raises his hands. All right, I'm going to him up. Okay. We're going to shut him down in the fourth quarter if we're going to win this game. We're not right, going to lose Nas the had 23 in the game. Yeah. Right? And LeBron defends him in the fourth quarter, and he shuts him down. Yeah. And it was like, Dan Boykey basically says, hey, can, can you do that when you're playing these, you know, the, the you at the center lineups, these small lineups with, with LeBron at center? Can you do that long term? Is that a sustainable thing for you to just like, all, with what you're also being asked to do offensively for the Lakers? And LeBron pauses for a minute, and he's like, I mean, yeah, that's just kind of what I do. Like, that's kind of in my – that's what I've always on on every team I've ever been on. I do what I have to do for us to win. And I just think that's how he's wired. Like, he just – Oh, no, no. I, I don't disagree that. with that. Um, but what I would also say is this. Mm-hmm. Him playing center in today's NBA um, – not know, that big a stretch. About, yeah. Right. He talked about it with Trudell a while back. Yeah. A couple weeks ago. Where he's like, it actually is easier for me because I get to read the defense and call right. out stuff for the other guys. I mean, Draymond plays center. Right. LeBron's way bigger than Draymond. Yes. I mean, they stand next to each other. LeBron's bigger. Yeah. So, like, to me, it's not that big of a stretch. And the the biggest – it's a hard thing for them to do when they got to play Jokic or right. Joel Embiid. Sure. But how many centers out there are really that much bigger than LeBron? LeBron is so big. Yeah. You ever stood next to him? I have many times, actually. Like, I mean, when he stands next to Dwight, I don't even think he looks that small compared to Dwight. No. <laughs> I mean, like, when they stand shoulder to shoulder, Dwight looks like maybe an inch or two taller, yeah. I guess. But, like, how much how much more does Dwight weigh than LeBron? Not not that much. Like, no. I mean, I'm, I'm sure AD weighs more than him. AD is, like, 6'11". But it's not that much. Like, like LeBron is big. He can be a center. He just – you don't want him to be a center because you don't want him to go on – you don't have to. You don't want him having to defend guys like that. But I mean, he can totally. He can do this. He just. He can't be your only option there. I think the bigger question is when AD gets back. <laughs> AD doesn't like playing center. Like, can you see a scenario where AD plays the four and LeBron plays the five? It, it might come I down to that. To be honest with you, if, if I know. You, I I think if I, I I would imagine LeBron, you know, when when he said you know. When, when he's having those inner voice conversations, like maybe when he's using the Calm app, you know, he has the yeah. Calm app ads. Like he's probably saying to himself, I got to play center. I got to be prepared to play <laughs> center because AD doesn't want to play yeah, center. But, but George, didn't he have the same conversation with himself down in Miami? When he didn't like, want to play the four wrong. back then. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah. this is what happens. You get older, you go further down in the post. It's yeah. happened to all the greats. Correct. <laughs> like you, Correct. The older you get, the further down, closer to the basket you play. Like, all right, Thir- it's 30 seconds here. you can still be bull. Okay, go 30 ahead. seconds. I want to get to football talk in the next segment, and we got a break here in a moment for Karen. Um, how sustainable is this at 37 for him? Like, th- he needs help on this roster, like, to be able to get this yeah. team. Not only – I mean, into the playoffs, I think they should be fine, but – to be able to do anything in the playoffs, he's going to need more than he can't be doing this every night. Beginning, no. you know, he's been doing it since December. Like that's not normal for him. I mean, he's amazing, and he's always been the guy who actually gets better and stronger the more minutes he plays. So I'm never gonna like no, think he's playing. By the way, course. he's only averaging 29 minutes a game the last eight games where he's been amazing. So that's yeah. the minutes aren't the problem; it's the load. Right. Um, I just think they need a point guard. They they need somebody. And Russ is not a point guard. He's a scoring guard. He he's always guard, had that guy. Assists. Yes. He's yeah. always had the guy that could take the load off a little bit. Kyrie, D. Wade, whatever. You know what I'm saying? That just yeah. even Mo Williams to some extent that can just take it off for a few minutes. Well, Rondo, when they won the championship here, right. Rondo was that guy. Yes. 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 All right. Coming up next. Enough with you, Sean McVay haters. Enough with you, Matthew Stafford haters. I'm talking to you, Steve Mason and Clinton Yates. And then. 
the ultimate football question for the heart of the Southland. Coming up. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ah, uh, those were the days, the 80s, when Hulk Hogan was ruling the world. Um, now, Momo, you're not like a super-duper wrestling fan, but you have become one post-marriage because of Nev Dog. Yeah, I follow it enough to kind of know who people are and <laughs> what's going on. I mean, I know a few things, like Roman Reigns was supposed to fight Brock, like Brock Lesnar, right? And then yeah. he got COVID, and it was like a big bomber this weekend. It was Such a, big a good fight, wife. Right? Yeah, she I know. Is a good I know wife. some of these things. Mm-hmm. She is a good wife. Yes, Laura. She is a good wife. So. I mean, uh, you know what? You know what the best part is though. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I didn't know that we we subscribed to the WWE channel. Like, I remember yeah, the, the network thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. Like, we were. I just. I. I think I had to follow wrestling. I mean, I just let Nevin get into that. He watches some of the stuff. I just thought he ordered on pay per view when it was like SummerSlam, right. and. Ronda Rousey was fighting, and so I was like following her, following that because I was, you know, I was chronicling her career and kind of how she transitioned from MMA to to wrestling, et cetera. And I think she she debuted at something big, but then I was like watching some of the other fights that were that she was in. Royal I was like, hey, how do I? That's where how do, she yeah, debuted. Royal Rumble, right? And um, and I go, hey, how how do we get the other the other uh the you know the stuff this weekend? He goes, oh, we have the channel. I was like, we do. He's like, yeah, <laughs> I subscribed to that forever. I was like, oh. <laughs> Okay, you're that level fan. And I was like, how did I not know that? He's like, well, I just usually watch on my laptop. Oh, got it. Yeah, so yeah. you can see how so closely I checked the bills. you've been paying 999 for all yeah, this time. Yeah, for, for probably well, years. It's, it's, on, it's on Peacock now because Peacock oh, right, bought. Right. Yeah, but right. but still, 999 is still a good deal. I feel like it was worth it because yeah. pay-per-views were like 40 bucks. Yeah, pay-per-views yeah. are more than that. They're like 60 bucks usually. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, so oh, there you have it. Uh, so the Hulkster, anniversary for the Hulkster. But – all right, let, let's dive into a couple things here, Momo. So, Matthew Stafford is getting a lot of grief, okay, or has been getting a lot of grief. The last two games have not been ideal, but shouldn't there be – Shouldn't isn't there something to be said about the guy who can, at the end of the game, no matter how bad a game he's had, right? That was the question that was posed to Russell Westbrook yesterday that he took offense to. But at the end of the game, as long as he helps you win – Shouldn't that be the thing that swings the pendulum more? That's true. But, I mean, we're into, like, the narrative arc, okay? So if you have a terrible game and then you, like, make the best shot at the end or if you complete a pass at the end, like, yeah, you get to, you get to tell the story of how you overcame your bad game. Right. Like, that, that's, that's the complete story. We don't just, like, pretend that the, the rest of the game didn't happen. I mean, part of the reason you're in the position to have it be a close game against the Timberwolves who didn't have – Carl Towns or D'Angelo Russell, like, is because you were you had nine turnovers and you didn't shoot the ball well. Like, that's the complete story. And I, generally speaking, most athletes are very hard on themselves. Like, they know that they don't need some reporter to point that out. I mean, most athletes will admit that without taking it as some attack by from a reporter. No, I That's get it, but Russ with Matthew different. Stafford, I feel like everybody was just playing into yeah. this narrative. Like I remember Greg Bergman out there citing the stat about how the you know he's he's like nine and sixty something against winning teams or whatever the hell it was. Dude, he played for the Lions. You know, know what I mean? Like, what are we talking about? So when they had their three game losing streak and everybody started to bail on him, and I'm sitting here telling you, you're you're panicking. There's no need to panic. They won the next week, right? They crushed Jacksonville, and then the narrative there was, oh, it's just Jacksonville. Then they go out there and they beat Arizona in Arizona. And he had a really good game. He threw three touchdowns in that game, no picks. And then it was like, eh, okay, do it again the next week. Okay, well, they did it again the next week. They beat Seattle. And then they beat Minnesota, even though he had a terrible, awful start to the game. They came back and won. And the same thing this past week against a much better team in Baltimore who is really good. And you could say, yeah, they were playing with a backup quarterback, but their backup quarterback has, has been really good for them too. So, the, he, I mean, Matthew Stafford, for what it's worth, 
pick sixes, interceptions. That dude at the end of the game is as good as anyone right now. He was 14 for his last 14 in that game, Ramona. Yeah, and, second half. Yeah. Like, we need to just understand that when you have this quote-unquote gunslinger mentality, you're going to have these situations that arise where maybe you buy into your arm a little too much. Or as you pointed out earlier, you got to shake the Detroit Matt Stafford out of you a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, he went his entire career having to win games himself, right? I mean, he had Calvin Johnson for a little part of that time, but Mm -hmm. the rest of it was all on him. Yeah. And when you have that mentality, like, you take – chances and you do things that you wouldn't normally do and like i see that come out it's like uh, the way i mean you could take matt stafford off off the lions but can you take the lions out of matt stafford sometimes like the old lion thing comes back in the especially in the beginning but when he needs to lock in and focus actually i I think you make a good point about him in the second half where when you start off poorly in a game you're battling against yourself now right like now all that talk and he had a he had a Strip sack, another interception. I think he had another pick six yesterday, didn't he? You did. And he's had four like, this season. That's a lot. When yeah. you keep throwing pick sixes, that becomes that gets in your head. Yeah. And I mean, and for you to for him to get over that within the course of a game, that's I think that's impressive. Actually, most of the time when yes. a, when a guy starts out bad and they do the same thing they've been trying not to do, that's when things go poorly for them. That's when things like spiral and they go out of control, which is what happened in some of those those games they lost against like Tennessee. Yeah. But I think. For him, like, I, th- we don't know what's going to happen with Matt Stafford. You may be off the bandwagon. You may not believe in him. But I just don't think he's been put in these situations in his career. He's never been in this and, place where he's tested night in and night out. And, and forget about just Matt Stafford for a second. How about Odell Beckham Jr., who, yeah. was, co- who was called a, uh, a locker room issue, right, mm-hmm. um, by Troy Aikman, of all people, and then doubled down after the fact. Um, had the two biggest catches of the game yesterday, that big fourth down catch and yeah. then the subsequent touchdown after that, has been nothing but a, a model citizen here. And the other part of the equation is everybody on the team wanted him. That story came out that they were all FaceTiming him to get here. Uh, so whether it was Troy Aikman or Scott Kaplan, yeah, Cap, you didn't escape that one. Uh, Lindsay, Lindsay, do you want to uh, do some penance on Obell Beckham Jr. as a Cleveland Browns fan or no? No, I mean... I was excited that Odell kind of saved the game for the Rams because at the time the Browns were still in it in like the whole playoff conversation. And so we need, I needed the Ravens to lose. So I think that was a big play he came up with good for him, but I will say the most important Odell, the most important play Odell made this season for Browns fans was in a Rams uniform. Right. Yeah. But, but, but you were like anti Odell because you're like, ah, nah, he's not that good. This, that, and the, see, like he's fine. He just needs to well, be in a in a better situation than Cleveland. I mean, everybody should be in a better situation than Cleveland because obviously <laughs> the wheels have the wheels have fair. fallen off there. And Baker Mayfield is the crappy quarterback. But I yeah. did notice that he said after Ooh. the fact, he said after the game, he said something like, "You know, coach was drawing up plays just for me, something like that." And that's something that obviously they didn't do in Cleveland. And I feel like him saying that though was a shot at the coach in Cleveland. Maybe. So maybe. I don't know. Maybe he but maybe he still some grown up to do. Speaking of the coach, yes, Clinton Yates, you're not escaping this. You are a notorious Sean McVay dissenter, is what we will call mm-hmm. you, a dissenter. Okay. And uh, I know that all of a sudden you're out there now on these Twitter streets telling people, oh, Sean McVay is making adjustments. Well, here's the thing. During the season, when you have a boatload of new players, including a bunch of players who are important to what you're doing um, on offense and defense, Odell Beckham Jr. and Von Miller, by the way, another player who our boy Cap, love you Cap, hope you're having fun on Mammoth, um, was saying that he was unnecessary to have Von Miller. Um Look, all those guys, it takes a minute to figure out where all those guys fit into the equation. It also took Sean McVay, maybe a little too long, and I'm sure he would admit that, uh, to say to himself, all right, I can't put everything on Matt Stafford, to your point earlier, Ramona. I got to create a run game for him. We're going to rely on Sony Michelle. He did it in New England. We're going to see if it works, and it has. And it's just taken everyone a little bit to coalesce. And, and now they're playing good football at the right time time and Mm. you don't want to be playing your best football in october november ramona you want to play your best football in january yeah i mean look i i think the the thing with the rams is like they all have some growing to do they all have tried 
we won't really know if they've succeeded until they get to the playoffs. Like, that's it. We see their flaws. They see their flaws. They all know. Like, they know they lost the game. Matt Stafford knows he throws pick sixes. Like, that's it. And, and it, it can't, like, I knew when I was a player, like, like I, most players are the hardest on themselves. They're harder on themselves than any fan or anyone in the media can ever be. Okay. So they all know what they need to change. Sean McVay knows what he needs to change. The only question is, can you do it when all the pressure's on in the big games? And that's what Matt Stafford said he wanted because he's never right. had that in his entire NFL and, career. And he's basically done it more times than not so far. Right. So. I mean, you know, I, I've seen enough to say I don't know if I trust him, but I do. that's what makes sports great. I trust like, him I because in the, in, the biggest, in, in, the, in the moments in the end when it matters most, he has performed for the most part. Yeah. I, I mean, he's I, not going to – nobody like, performs every happen. game. Yeah, you know? you're right. But, like, you know, with Clayton Kershaw, that guy was – Best pitcher of his generation. I think I can very confidently yes. say that. Yes. But in the playoffs, he did not deliver. And we saw that enough to say, oh, he's got a problem with this, right? Well, finally he did. He finally got over that hump. He finally he finally had great games in the postseason, and the Dodgers won a World Series. And, like, that's what's great about sports. Nobody is one thing for the rest of their career. You have an opportunity to change and grow and get better. So, like, I want to see what happens with Matt Stafford in January. I want to see what he does when they get into the NFC Championship game in Lambeau against the Packers because I feel like that's where they go and that's where the season is made or break is, is made or broken. There you go. Yeah. I got that uh, tense, right? <laughs> yeah, you got it. You got it. You got it right. All right. Coming yeah. up next, big deal or no deal. Everybody's favorite segment here in the six o'clock hour. That's coming up in two minutes and 15 seconds. This podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza. The number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right. So big deal or no deal, Ramona. I'm going to start off with one that you'll probably enjoy. So Becky Hammond. She has spent eight seasons as a Spurs assistant and has been interviewed for several NBA coaching jobs. But her dream of becoming the first female NBA head coach has now been put on hold as Hammond was introduced as the new head coach of the Las Vegas Aces on Monday. She said, quote, I sat in head coaching interviews in the NBA and people said two things. You've only been in San Antonio and you've never been a head coach. NBA jobs are hard to get. In some ways, I feel like the NBA maybe is close. And in other ways, I feel like they're long ways off from hiring a woman head coach. I don't know when it could happen. So there's still a half a dozen women assistant coaches in the NBA. And Hammond's resume earned her plenty of respect as she will be the WNBA's highest paid coach. So my question is. Is Becky Hammond leaving the NBA to become a head coach for the Las Vegas Aces a big deal or no deal, Ramona? I would say it's a big deal um, a lot of ways for the WNBA because she immediately becomes like the most recognizable head coach in their league, right? I mean, maybe Derek Fisher, who's coach of the Sparks, but um, she's a she's kind of royalty now. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, this means she's not going to get an NBA head coaching job or whatever it is. I don't know about that. I think this is her chance to show she can be a head coach because she's right. Like when she go into those interviews, people would say you, you've only been with the Spurs, one organization. And usually when you promote an assistant, you want to, you want them to have a lot of varied experiences. And she's also never been a head coach. She coached the team in summer league once, but that's not really running a whole team. Um, so I think this is really important for her. And by the way, the aces are good. The aces, Kelsey Plum, they have Asia Wilson. Like that's a, that's a really good team. They were they should have been in the finals last year, but they lost to Phoenix. So she's going to take over a team that is already ready to win. Um, it is a big deal. Um, 
to Ramona's point, that team has been good for a long time. So it's actually, you know, look, to go into any coaching situation, regardless of what's league or, you know, what gender, like most times you're getting a coaching job because somebody got let go, right? Like, yeah. And in those situations, usually you're not coming into a great situation if somebody's getting let go, right? Like that means the team has underachieved in some way, shape, or form. Now, while this team may be perhaps underachieved, it's underachieved at a level that's like near the top of the sport. <laughs> so she's come into a great situation. Um, and I think that that is going to be advantageous to her in a lot of ways because she brings uh, not only amazing experience from being a female basketball player, but whatever experience she had under Greg Popovich, who's arguably, I don't know, what, a top three, five coach in the sports history. So yeah. I, I just think there's a lot of pluses um, when it comes to Becky Hammond joining the Las Vegas Aces. And I do think eventually there'll be a female coach in the NBA. I, you know, I, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I think it, it, it will happen at some point. I, I, I feel fairly certain of that. All right, so moving on to the next one. We've heard a lot about unruly passengers on airplanes lately. I'm sure you probably ran across at least one during your travels over the holidays, Sedona, mm -hmm. right? At least one? Yes, at least one. Okay, so there's going to be new consequences that just might make people think twice. So last week, the FAA and TSA announced that acting out on a flight could result in getting your TSA pre-check privileges canceled. Oh, oh hell no. Which... That, that's that's like the end of the world to me. So the new announcement comes as airlines have dealt with thousands of incidents of passengers getting aggressive and violent onboard aircrafts and getting into altercations with other passengers and airline staff. The FAA administrator said, if you act out of line, you will wait in line. Ooh, so is yes. the, yeah, I like that tagline. Is the consequence of revoking TSA pre-check privileges for unruly passengers a big deal or no deal, Sedano? Uh, it's a big deal, especially if you travel for a living, because that saves you a ton of time. And anyone who travels for a living uh, understands how much time is of you know of the essence and is very valuable. So I actually do think that you know for those kind of people, it's certainly something that would affect them. I don't think for the general public it's enough, because I don't think enough people have TSA pre-check. I agree. I think it's not a big deal. I think it's a big deal to those of us who have pre-check. But I don't think the people who are getting into fights on planes are those and people. Being yeah, are those yeah. people. Like, people who fly all the time, like, we're actually really nice to the people who work for the airline usually, right? Because yeah. we kind of do get the same it. job. You get it's we tough. Get it. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I almost, like, the only time I get upset is when somebody is, like, really annoyed. I don't know why this is a pet peeve. I don't get upset and say anything to anybody, but I, I mean, I'm like, oh, I don't like that person. And when somebody walks by and is, like, before the plane takes off, and if you know how the flight attendant will come by, I'll be like, can you please put your seat up for takeoff? Yeah. And I'm like, dude, we're not going to leave for another half hour. Okay. I'm going to recline. Like, I'll put it up when we're about to go. Like, that's when I'm like, okay. But other than <laughs> <laughs> these are Momo's pet peeves. But that's like, like, you know, look, when we're about to go, I'll put it up. I know the rules. Like, let's go. Yeah, but we're yeah, going right. to sit here for a half hour on the tarmac. Like, come on. You know that you're the person that's, like, sitting there talking on the phone when the plane is literally Oh, I'm so annoying. Off. Yes. I'm totally annoying. I'm on the phone the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I hey, have I don't... interviews from my plane seat before. but They're like, ma'am, ma'am, you need to get off the phone. I'm like, okay, I'll, let me wrap. Okay, I got guys, I got to go. All right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> got that girl. It's I so believe annoying. it. I believe it. Hey, I don't travel for a living, but if you take my TSA pre-check away from oh. me, I don't know. I don't know if I could even travel because that that is like I got so mad when I went to Hawaii and I had and they didn't my have friend it. in it. So oh. yeah. I was so Makes mad. Makes you not want to travel really, with them, huh? I have to wait for you. Like I thought yeah. that you were grandfathered in under my pre check and even clear. Yeah. I have clear. And if I didn't have clear, oh, I have clear oh. too, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 like that'd be devastating. Your All right, friend next well, and, what, and here's the thing. You know, Laura Laura just said it. Laura, go ahead. What else? Global entry. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge oh, yeah. if you do the international travel. Yeah. I got to get that. Yeah. I, I've never got that. But Oh, because oh, I, I had to. You know how many trips I had to do when Kauai Toronto. was in Toronto uh, yeah. to Canada? Oh, man. Yeah. Come on. No, that you Big need time that. saver. I need to get that. Yeah. 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 Especially if you're going to go on vacation to Mexico or yeah. anything like that, you need it for sure. I made my wife get pre-checked. And uh, to your point, Lindsay, earlier about people who don't have any, they don't get grandfathered in. I made my wife get pre-checked and global entry. I'm like, girl, you better go get that. Mm -hmm. Go do that meeting or whatever. Yeah, because no one wants to fly with the person who doesn't have it. I don't. 
<laughs> I was like, I'll buy it for you. All right. Uh, next, I, I, one. next one. Yeah. So the Jacksonville Jaguars and owner Shad Khan surprised absolutely everybody when they chose to retain general manager Trent Balky for the organization's head coaching search. And now they are paying the price. According to a new <laughs> report from Jason Lockenfora of CBS, keeping him around to help lead the current search is looked down on by those in the industry, to say the least. His reputation is poor and he is seen as, quote, a political animal who is often locked in a power struggle. And mm. as a result of the decision to keep him, the team cannot find anyone that even wants to interview for head coach. It oh, has wow. reportedly turned off several top candidates. Uh, Jason Lockenfora said that a anonymous source told him, my client would have to fire me to take an interview oh, there under oh this setup. God. It's totally wow. backwards. Wow. So I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say, but it'll be a good conversation. Is the fact that no one even wants to interview for the Jaguars head coaching job a big deal or no deal, Ramona? Dang, that's a big deal. That's a devastating blind quote. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> look, I, you know, we were all wrong about Rob Polenka. You know, there was he came under a lot of fire when Magic stepped down. Remember the Lakers coaching search was kind of – it was just – it seemed real sloppy. Like, they got the third-choice guy. It worked out. Like, they won a title the next year. So, I don't know. There's part of me that's like – sometimes the – Rob – people in the industry don't like Rob because – He's kind of a lone wolf, and when he was an agent, like a lot of other agents didn't like him, and there's a lot right. of jealousy. And he ran up the, the score on some other GMs, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, like that's just jealousy too because he got the Laker job, right? <laughs> like people just right. – that was a job everybody wants. So there's a part of me that's like without knowing the situation with Trent Belke, I like I don't know him. I don't know, the, I don't know his reputation, but that's a devastating blind quote. Like my, my client would fire me as an agent if I made him interview that. That's, that's a big deal. I mean, and I think like – you know, Shad, like his Shad Khan, hit the owner, he had this famous quote when he hired Urban Meyer. He was like, I know one thing. I got it right this time. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> they just, oh, I don't know. It doesn't sound good. Yeah, uh, clearly a big deal. Um, although I, I, I think eventually people will, somebody's going to take that job. It's still an NBA job. I, it, it's still, an, uh, right, one of 32, and it's still, um, I still think Trevor Lawrence is going to be really good. Like he Me had too. a really bad rookie season. He had a terrible team. And by the way, an yes. awful coach clearly leading him who didn't know what he was Agreed. doing. So. I mean, look, there's some bad jobs in the NBA. Like who wants to be the Kings head coach? You want to be the Kings head coach, George? Like, <laughs> and they still get good guys to take it. Alvin Gentry's a coach now. Luke Walton yeah. before that. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're still paying $5 million a year. I'll take it. You know yeah. what I mean? Listen, if someone asked me right now, Ramona, if I would take a president's job at at an NBA team or not a GM's job because a president's job, I actually think is better. Uh -huh. Number one, it's higher on the totem pole, but B I, I feel like I'm a good collaborator, right? Yeah. Like you are. I would be as a president. I, my cell would be to an NBA owner. I'm not going to be the guy making the picks on these players. Like I'm going to find you the guys that know how to do this, how to uh -huh. make the right picks in the draft, how to find guys in the G league, right. Or find undrafted free agents. And obviously uh, know how to deal with the salary cap and know how to deal with free agency. Like that's what I would do. I would be the, I think that that's what every team president should be. It should be someone who has good relationships to hire the people that are really good at those other jobs. And that goes for the NFL too, or major league baseball, or whatever kind of yeah. franchise you run. Yeah, I mean, that's Stan Kasten for the Dodgers, Rick Welch right. for the Warriors. Like, good franchises have good team presidents, and they know how to hire the right guys to do the job and then get out of the way. Mm-hmm. All right. We got one more? Uh, yeah. Or no? Yeah. One more. Uh, former Theranos CEO Elizabeth Holmes oh. was convicted on four counts of fraud and conspiracy today, ending a lengthy trial that has captivated Silicon Valley and like a lot of people like myself, Ramona, I know that you're oh, yeah. really into this whole case. So the jury found her not guilty on four other felony charges. On the three remaining charges, the jury was deadlocked. Holmes was accused of duping investors and patients about a flawed blood testing technology that she held as a medical breakthrough. She could face up to 20 years in prison. Is the guilty verdict for Elizabeth Holmes a big deal or no deal, Sedano? Oh, man, big deal. And now... She got off on a couple of counts, you said, right? Yeah, she was found not, not guilty of four, guilty of four, and then there's three other ones that were a hung jury. What's, like, the maximum jail term? It's the one that for the charges that she's been convicted of, these four, uh -huh. it's 20 years. Total or each one? Yeah, 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 total. Okay. 
Um, still a big deal. I, I, you know, I feel like and this is gonna sound nuts. I feel like she got off light, to be honest with you, with twenty years. Yeah, me too. I do too. But you know what? But there's still like, the three other ones. Yeah, I mean, the truth is, she's gonna do some jail time, which is a big deal for anybody. Yeah. Sure. In that world, like when no you're doubt. when you're. I mean, worth first, as much anybody, as anybody, period. Yeah. Forget about yeah, that world. Anybody. Yeah. 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 I mean, and she, and she hasn't like been in jail throughout the trial. It's not like she got arresting us. She's going to do some kind of jail time. It probably won't be that much. It'll probably like the sentence will get, you know, yeah, she'll probably do like what? A couple of years in some sort of white collar thing, you know, you know, who knows what that'll actually be. But the fact that she was convicted, she'll, she'll just appeal it. It'll, you know, it'll take a while for her to actually go to jail. But like, I don't know. I think that's, that's a, it, it sometimes it doesn't matter how long. Sometimes it just matters that you do go to jail. Um, I mean, what she what she did was kind of bad, really bad. But I think there's, to be honest, like having followed Silicon Valley since I was in college, because so many people up there where I went to, like this is what they, this is where I went to school. Like that's that's what they do. And she's certainly not the only one who pitched something that didn't actually deliver. There's a lot of bubbles that burst up there in Silicon Valley on products that never delivered. And so I always found a little soft spot for her because she, while she was crazy and there, like a lot of what she did was. Um, really destructive like people got these blood tests and were told that they were fine and when they actually had problems or the opposite and told that they had something and they didn't um i don't know she, like there was there was real world consequences but there's a lot of people who've like cost people millions of dollars out there that have never gone to jail or never even faced any scrutiny right fair enough all right that is big deal or no deal one more segment to go uh including lincoln riley a lot on his shoulders at usc but i actually think momo we'll get into it on the other side it's more than just USC's burden he's carrying. I'll tell you what that's all about in a second. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. There you go, Momo. When that gets you hype, like when you're, you're like, you're about to take now leading off for the Dodgers. There it is. <laughs> no, pinch hitting. Come on. Pinch hitting. All right. Yes. You know what's funny? I feel like I've grown and evolved because... If you would have asked me that question five years ago, I would have told you my walk-up song would be center field. Oh, right. Right? Like, that's my song. It's very baseball -y. yes. Yeah, it's very baseball-y, right? It's kind of like old-school purists love center field. Like, it still gets me hype. Like, when I hear the chorus and they, I hear the beginning and they play the band, you know, the, is it a banjo or guitar? Do, 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 right? No, like, it's a guitar. It's an electric it's a guitar. guitar. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a yeah, terrible walk-up song. Center field? No, come on. You can't like pump you up. It's just Put like, hey guys, coach. coach. Yeah. I'm ready, ready to, to play, play. Today. today. Clap, 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 clap. No, yeah. no, but you gotta I'm, go to Sir I am, yeah. I am like the biggest baseball fan. Okay, because like that's my sport, right? Like so, like if you are a baseball person, you have to like center field. Like that's that's the song. But now, <laughs> is it? I know what John Ireland would say. You know what John what John's walk-up song would be? What? Definitely Eminem. <laughs> he went to a while. If you had one really? chance. Well, yeah. I would never guess that. You know, when Ireland leads, he does the Ireland mixtape. So, like, you get the John Ireland, like, workout mix. <laughs> right. It's always like, start me up. He plays, like, the Rolling Stones. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that's a great karaoke song, Start Me Up by the Rolling Stones. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. But, yeah, that's. There it is. Oh no, not that one. It's if you had one chance, one opportunity. No, it's uh, yeah. No, yeah, not yeah. eight mile. It's from the right. You're talking about from the movie Eight Mile. Yeah. It's, uh, you only get one shot. If you're gonna sing it, you have to do the words. <laughs> no, no, I'm just trying to go through it quickly, and I'm trying to think what the name of the song is. Um, God bless. Lose yourself. There it Lose is. Lose yourself. Yes. Yeah. There. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Yeah. It's it a walk-up song. A lot of NBA so teams Ireland. used to use that back yeah. in the day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Um, so, real quick, uh, I know we only have a couple minutes here, but the College Football National Championship is coming up on Monday, right? In a, you know, a week from today. 
And it will be on. We'll have a short show. It'll be on um, after us. Yeah, nothing will be as good as the Rose Bowl, by the way. Let's just say that. Rose Bowl was insane. It was like Pac-12 after dark, but before dusk. It was such a good game. My God. It was really good. So, and I feel really bad for Utah because their their quarterback went down in the fourth quarter, and they they yeah. could, I, I thought they could have won the game. Um, so, and Ohio State escaped. So, Lindsay, are you Ohio State too? Yes. Why is it all you Ohio people always all love Ohio State too? It's just like insane. Well, my uh, whole family went there. There's all probably like I'm like the oh, only okay. person who didn't go there. So I started going to Ohio State games when I was like young. Okay, then that's fine. That's fine. Um, but I know I'm I'm good with that. You actually have familial ties. Yeah, yeah, I get it. And you went to the games. That's fine. I didn't yeah. go to the University of Miami. It was way too expensive for me to go there. I couldn't afford to go there, but I went to all the games at the Orange Bowl. So I get it. Um, mm-hmm. But here's what I would say. I was talking about, you know, because the national championship game is coming up. Like, I, I, while I think the college football playoff got it right with the two best teams, I, I have continually said, Ramona, that this is bad for college football with just the SEC dominating. Like, it's not good. Mm-hmm. And I know we've had some moments with Clemson or, you know, a team here, a team there from another conference, Ohio State, right? Um, Florida State won one a number of years ago. I guess one of the first ones, right? Oregon's been there a couple times. But here's the deal. Whether it's the BCS or, or, the, uh, or the college football playoff, the recent run for a decade is basically the SEC. And it's why it's so important that Lincoln Riley came to USC. Because USC is the torchbearer, basically, for the West of the country when it comes to college football. So, yes, it's important for Lincoln Riley to reestablish USC because it's USC. But I would also say it's important because college football needs balance. And college football, I've, I've always said this. I've said this for 20 years. College football is best when schools like USC, Texas, Notre Dame, Miami are good. Here's why. USC, because they're the torchbearer of the West. Big market. Number two market in the country. Um, Notre Dame, a 90-minute drive from Chicago. Midwest, they are, you know, they were America's team forever, right? Big alumni base, big fan base, et cetera, et cetera. Texas, the school in the largest state in the union, right? That, you know, that 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 is important. Miami, most polarizing school in the last 30 years, right? Um, and they also are in a big market, a top 10 market, right? Like, I think all those things matter. When you keep getting Athens, Georgia, and Tuscaloosa, Alabama, at some point or another, mm-hmm. that's going to hurt the business, I think. Yeah, it hasn't yet. I mean, there was a while there where it was like Clemson was in there every year. But it was um, at least different, right? Clemson was in there. Yeah. They were putting guys in the pros. Like, ACC mm-hmm. was represented. Ohio State did it for a little bit. But, like, you need yep. – more, you can't keep having these two SEC schools in these college I know. playoffs. Well, I mean, the truth is, like, that Rose Bowl game was great. And it was Utah and Ohio State. Like, yeah. it, a good football game is a good football game. But, like, the other two semifinals were lame. Like, yeah. Michigan, pfft, yeah. terrible. That, I mean, come on, Harbaugh. You got to have your guys ready to go. Like, this is, like, your shot. And you just yeah. – they got whooped. Like, that wasn't even close. And then – the Cincinnati game was like okay, but it wasn't. It just wasn't competitive games, and like, like, and I don't want to sound like a company woman here, but I'm a little company woman here. I was like, man, that couldn't have been good for the rating. It was a New Year's Eve. That's our. This is our big culmination of the whole season. You got two kind of stinker games. Yeah. And I just, I don't know that those are the. Not I'm not like Michigan and Cincinnati. I guess they deserve to be there, but they didn't represent. They didn't show up, and I don't know. I, like I guess you know Michigan beat Ohio State, so. That's why we got Michigan. But, like, that's why I, I, I kind of think that we need to have an 18 playoff because, I mean, like, as good as, like, as good as those teams are, I, I think Utah, if you were to put Utah in an 18 playoff, nobody wants to play them. If you, like, there were some, there's some teams that, like, lose early that, uh, I mean, how good did Baylor look? Baylor looked great. I mean, yeah. that was, there was just some good teams that, I guess they lost them last week of the season, but there had just been more drama and buildup. So I, I think it'll be a good game Monday. Like, Oh, no, I, I think game. the game on Monday will be great. But, yeah. I, yeah, it'll be I, good. I, I, you're right. So you're saying that expand the playoff means that, yeah. you know, you obviously you'll have some Make it more of a tournament. Right. And, I think and you'll more, also have some buys I think it's more exciting there. to have more of a right. tournament. Yeah, have and, some And buys, maybe like, you get a situation do... where, right, where, you know, these two teams are so unfamiliar. Right, so unfamiliar with each other that you can get yeah. upsets or whatever. Whereas if it's only four, the chances of an upset are smaller. 
Right. Um, there have been very few times where we've seen, like, you know, how many games are there? Three total, right? So there's two semifinals and one Correct. championship. Yeah. Very few times where, like, more than one of the three has been a great game. I mean, there's a couple of semifinals that were really good. But I can't really think. It hasn't been, like, an NCAA tournament where you get, like, upsets all over the place, great games, back and forth, like, interesting styles, like, where it builds upon itself. I just... It's also the bowl season. It's so much later than the end of the regular season. There's such a gap in between now. It's it's so late that a lot of guys aren't even playing now. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's, By the it's way, not constructed the right way anymore. Speaking for Lincoln Riley, as I said, there's a lot of pressure on him at USC, and I think he's going to get it done. Um, and, you know, not just at USC, as I mentioned, because we need USC to be good for the betterment of college football. But Caleb Williams, mm-hmm. who was his quarterback this past season at Oklahoma, uh, the young freshman uh, who took over for Spencer Rattler when he benched Spencer Rattler uh, yep. is now in the transfer portal. <laughs> so yeah. maybe USC's quarterback could be him potentially. Yeah, I mean, I think the the transfer portal has really changed college football. I mean, oh, it's great. I if you look it. at because now it's like you if you have a good program, you can have a great quarterback every single year. You don't have to draft. You don't have to recruit and develop them. Right. Like if you're Lane Kiffin, he'll have another he'll have another good quarterback next year. Somebody will go chance for him, want to play for him. I mean, uh, oh, I don't think there's any question. Yeah, I don't think there's any question that Ohio State for sure didn't get transfer in. There's no such like you know grooming somebody to come up through the program anymore. It's just gonna be transfer portal every time. Well, it, it's definitely a quick fix, right? Like it yeah. allows you to kind of plug some holes very quickly. Like mm-hmm. I think if you're Lincoln Riley, I think that you know whether between the transfer portal. And recruiting, like, you're going to be good to go. So, uh, Momo, you are now good to go. Thank you so much for uh, sitting in with us today while Kaplan is skiing in Mammoth Mountain. Yeah, you're welcome. That was fun. Yeah, I, I mean, I always, fun. you know, I always host with you. Yes, I, I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> excellent work, Momo. Excellent work, Lindsay and Laura. Uh, Lakers talk with one Alan Sliwa. I don't know if you're familiar with him. You can catch him on, uh, yeah. He's like, I mean, he was on the come up for a while, and now he's like, he has arrived. Yeah. Travis and Sliwa at 10 a.m. each and every morning, followed by Mason in Ireland, then us. But Lakers talk tonight. See ya. Have a great night.